Well, a big welcome. My name is Rod, one of the pastors here. I'm super excited to greet you, everybody online. Uh, today, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be looking at Joshua, Old Testament book of Joshua, chapter 7 and 8. And so I'm going to talk about three life lessons. Three life lessons that can be transformative to your life as recorded in the book of Joshua here. So just real quick, the children of Israel were delivered out of Egyptian bondage. And would you give it up for Ron and Anita Williams? Yeah. Sorry, I just had to do that. So the children of Israel were delivered out of Egyptian bondage. over were 40 years wandering in the desert. Now they're going to make the conquest of the promised land, which is really a picture of the promised life or the Christian life. So we're going to talk about principles for the Christian life. If perhaps you're new to church, you can understand and see what, oh, this is what it would look like if I was to take another step in following Christ. And so Joshua chapter 4 and 5, we looked at a few weeks ago. Children of Israel at Gilgal, ouch, because that's where the circumcision happened. And this was a place, friends, where they had to learn to trust God and that our ways are not his ways. His ways are past our finding out. God's ways always work. So we talked about that there. And then you got off to another city, the city of Jericho there. And, uh, uh, and so uh, we talked about that. I'm going to talk about that a little bit more this morning. And, uh, and so if you are physically able to stand to your feet, I'd like to invite you to stand to your feet. Uh, we're going to read and hear the inspired word of God, Joshua chapter 8, beginning in verse 1 through verse Seven, I'll read the first verse, if you could read the next one. And it says this, this is the word of the Lord. Then the Lord said to Joshua, do not be afraid or discouraged. Take all your fighting men and attack Ai, for I've given you the king of Ai, his people, his town, and his land. You will destroy them as you destroy Jericho and its king. But this time you may keep the plunder and the livestock for yourselves. Set an ambush behind the town. So Joshua and all the fighting men set out to attack Ai. Joshua chose 30,000 of his best warriors and sent them out at night with these orders, hide an ambush close behind the town and be ready for action. When our main army attacks, the men of Ai will come out to fight as they did before, and we will run away from them. Uh, we will let them chase us until we have drawn them away from the town. And for they will say, the Israelites are running away from us as they did before. Then, while we are running from them, you will jump, jump up from, from your ambush, ambush take possession of the town, for the Lord your God will give it to you. Thank you. You may be seated. So, Father, thank you that we are here. and We pray that as we open your word, you would open our hearts and open the eyes of our understanding, and you would apply it to our lives. We ask that you would speak to us by your Holy Spirit, that you would give us a word we pray. We pray, Lord, that you would challenge us and inspire us and confront us and comfort us, Lord, and transform us, and that what we hear would be renewing, refreshing, life-giving, and that you would do a genuine work in each of our lives this morning as we hear the voice of God through the word of God, and everyone agreed, saying, Amen. So welcome, this is undoubtedly Ai, the least famous city there in the promised land, and we looked at the most famous 
city Jericho. But this morning, what we're going to do is we're going to learn three life lessons, three vital, essential, transformative lessons that we read about in the children of, uh, uh, the children of Israel in Ai, but relate to us. So Ai is critical to our understanding of the journey of God's people to the promised land, and Ai is critical to understanding our journey today. Because when you read through the book of Joshua, you'll find that Ai is the first and only city that's defeated. Ai is the only city that suffered casualties and loss and failure. And I don't know about you, but one of the things I've discovered in life is that you learn more from your failures than you do your success. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Does anybody know over here what I'm talking about? Yeah. And so uh, you learn more from failures. Well, AI is all about failures. And so all of you this morning are being invited to journey together with me and to understand the essential life lessons unpacked for us here in, a, in, in the Joshua chapter 7 about AI, and then we're going to go into chapter 8. So are you ready? Yes. Over here, are you ready? Yes. And over here, are you ready? Oh, yes. <laughs> so after the children of Israel crossed the Jordan here, with relative ease, they conquer the walled fortress of Jericho. They experience a resounding victory. I mean, they are hyped up, they're excited, and all the children of Israel did was march around the city and then let out a good shout, and the walls come tumbling down. But the Christian life is more about letting out a good shout on Monday. It's about how you walk on Sunday, but how you walk on Monday. And so now the same Israelites who have defeated the kings of Sihon and Og on the east side of the Jordan River, the same Israelites now that marched around Jericho, that marched through the Red Sea, that marched through the Jordan, now suffer a defeat devastating defeat here at Ai. And so Ai doesn't have kings like Sion and Og. Ai doesn't have massive walls like Jericho. Ai doesn't have all the soldiers, doesn't have the, the military might of Jericho, of, of Jericho, but yet they lose to wimpy Ai. Like, how does this happen when we read earlier that God said, to Joshua, everywhere where your feet trod, the soles of your feet trod, I have given you that land. I will be with you like I was Moses. My presence will be with you. And now they're soundly defeated. And so uh, the great walls of Jericho came down, but at Ai, they get blown out of the water. Like, how did this happen here? I want to suggest to you that there are three life lessons we're going to learn from this passage here. And I could imagine here that Joshua is saying to the Lord there about Ai, Hey, I got this, Lord. I just need to take a few thousand soldiers. I don't even need a whole bunch here. I will take care of business. All I need is 300 of my brothers, my homeboys here. We don't need a whole army. All I need is a handful of folk and we're going to win. And when the children of Israel conquered Jericho, you know that God gave him a, you may know that God gave him a commandment. The commandment was this. You're to take nothing from Jericho. Don't touch anything. The silver, the gold, nothing. It's all mine. Ai is a different story. Ai, you get everything you want, but don't 
touch the goods there. Don't touch the plunder. And so, but Achan saw some stuff whose name means trouble, brought lots of trouble here. And he's thinking to himself, well, he's a soldier like all soldiers are. He's maybe flying under the radar. He's small. He's insignificant. He's like, yes, sir. And uh, kind of a mild-mannered guy. And don't really even notice him there. So what he does there, though, at, at, uh, uh, is he decides, like, you know what? I think some of the plunder is actually for me. So I'm going to take some of the plunder here in Jericho. And so he takes a coat. He takes a pound of gold. takes 200 shekels of silver. And you can see him there, like, carrying all the stuff. And he decides to hide it like nobody's going to find out. Nobody's going to know. So Achan here uh, is just deceived. I'm going to talk about that in just a moment here. So there's the miraculous takeover of Jericho, this massive victory here. They're on a great high. They're fired up. They're high-fiving. They're chest-bumping. And so then we come to Joshua chapter 6, verse 27. Everybody wants to look at the screen. Look at this. So the Lord was with Joshua, and his fame spread throughout the country. He can do no wrong. I mean, he's on a roll here, and the Lord is with him, and he has this sense that God is with me like God was with the greatest of all time, Moses here. And so, but then the next chapter, there's a seismic shift, and everything that was right went wrong, and we read this, Joshua chapter 7, verse 1, but everything changed. But Israel violated the instructions about the things set apart for the Lord, which I just told you about, was the plunder was not to be taken there. And so this signals that things are going to be different, but going to be different from here on out. So the children of Israel are going to, are going to experience their first defeat. Now the overcomers are those who are overcome. Now the victors are the victims. Here comes trouble, Achan. So the soldiers there just wanted to do what soldiers do, happens in battle, and he did that. But the Lord said, no, none of the spoils are to be taken. Those are mine. It speaks of a first fruit is what it does. An Old Testament uh, idea of a first fruit. So they are gods and gods alone there. So all those spoils are to be preserved for the Lord. But the soldiers are to leave it alone. It belongs to God. But, but Achan is thinking, but why should I let it go to waste? This is too much. Nobody will see and nobody will know. And so and you know, if you're familiar with this story, that it hinders the progress of God's people and God's will. And sin creates drama. Come on, somebody. Creates drama for you and trauma for you and everybody around you. And so uh, what, is the other, what is the lie that we believe? The lie that we believe about sin is this. No one will ever know. How comical is that? Gold, silver, jacket. And where are you going to hide it again, Aiken? In my tent. Like you think your family aren't going to know? It's hidden in your tent. And then when you move and you got to pull it all up out of the tent, you don't think anybody's going to know? No, no one will ever know. Okay, so what I want to tell you, Aiken, is that everyone's going to know. And then the other lie that we believe is this. It won't hurt anyone. Like, I'm unique. Like, and you are unique, but it's a well-worn path that you walk that you can tell where that path's going to leave you. So watch this. Because of what Achan did, 36 women are now widows. 
Because of what Achan did, 36 families are now putting, being put to bed and dads aren't there. Because of what Achan did, 36 families are grieving. Oh, but I thought that no one, it doesn't, doesn't affect anyone. And so what sin, the point is, sin doesn't stop with me. Sin doesn't end with me. So it says Joshua chapter 7, verse 11, if you want to look at the screen there, Israel has sinned. Wait a second. It was Achan that sinned, though. Yeah, but, but Achan was like tied to the nation there, and now the nation is liable. So essential life lesson number one is this. Our actions always affect others. It's, it's a, uh, uh, it is a, a truth that is inescapable. Our lives affect others because why? We're connected to one another like Achan was connected to everyone else. Achan didn't apparently understand community. Achan didn't have a clue, actually, uh, that his actions would impact so many people, 2.5 million people. And our actions always affect other people. My actions would affect you, would affect my three sons, would affect my wife, would affect my relational circle. Our actions affect one another. One another, of which there are 59 one another's in the Bible, of which I will share a few of those one another's. And if our lives don't affect one another, why then is a primary activity uh, of church life one anothering one another? I mean, that's what we do. We one another, we're one anothering one another. And so we love one another. We forgive one another. It says be devoted to one another. Live in harmony one with another. Accept one another. Stop judging one another. Greet one another. Serve one another. Be kind and compassionate to one another. Submit to one another. Admonish one another. Encourage one another. Pray for one another, and stir up the gift of God, uh, of love, uh, and toward good works, toward one another. You need, all of us need a personal stir upper. And so there's all these one another's. I just threw that in there, and I thought you would enjoy that. <laughs> but we do, we do need, we do need a personal stir upper. It says spur on one another, Light of fire in one another toward love and good works. And so with so much one anothering, how can we think that we're disconnected from one another and we live in, a, in an island unto ourselves here? And so when you get then, though, to AI, God says to Joshua and to us and to the people there that everything in, the, in AI is yours here. You can have anything that you want. And so Jericho belonged to God, but he's giving everything to the people, all of the plunder to the people there. So you can keep whatever you want here. And so if Achan had only trusted God that three days later, he could have anything that he wanted, and, but because of his greed, because of his materialism, because he wanted what he wanted here, he got death and didn't get all the plunder that he could have had. But he had to trust in the provision and the timing of God. Friends, there are things we want. There's things I want. There's things you want. But you have to trust in the timing and the provision of God who knows your needs. And so watch. God, Jim Elliott, the famous martyr of the Iuki Indians in 1956, 
who penned it in his high school yearbook. He said, no man is a fool to give up that which he cannot keep, to gain that which he cannot lose. Also penned these words that always, God always gives his best to those that leave the choice toward him. So often, I like Aiken. There's a, there's a bit of Aiken inside all of us. And I can be like Aiken, and I want what I want, when I want, and I've got to have it. And so, in his own words, in Joshua chapter 7, verse 21, look at what Aiken said here. This is what Aiken said. He said, among the plunder, he said, I saw, and that's where it begins, is with, with what you see, a beautiful robe from Babylon, 200 silver coins, and a bar of gold weighing more than a pound. I wanted them so much, I took them, knowing that this is not God's way, God's will for you. And so he said, I saw a beautiful Babylonian garment, and I had to have it here. It was tailor-made sitting. It had my name on it, and I couldn't let that go. And all the silver and gold, I saw it, so I just went for it. And his attitude was, whatever I see, it's for me. Whatever I see, it's for me. Aiken's focus was only on what he saw, filtering that everything that I see, it must be for me. God said, no, I'll give you what you need, but not from Jericho. you got to trust me. It's a Christian life. you got to trust me and trust my timing to meet your needs. Yet he was full of himself, full of materialism, full just of what he wanted there, thinking that it all was for him. And so I want to illustrate it this way. In my closet is this jacket right here. In my closet is this jacket. There are other things that I have besides this jacket, but I'm going to use it to illustrate that this jacket, the things that I have, not all the things that I have are for me. The Bible says every, every good and perfect gift comes from God. Okay, so it's all from God. It's all a gift from God. But I need to recognize, and what this is saying here, that everything that God gives you is not just for you. But that's, what, that's the aching in us that wants to think, it's, it's all for me. No, it's not. That's, that's one of the stories here. And so this jacket, I'm using as an illustration, is not for me, but Jesus wants this to be for other people besides me. So it says, Jesus, on the other side, reminding us that not everything is for me, not everything is for you. Sometimes he gives it to you, but it's really for someone else. It reminds me of the story, true story, that we had a baby grand piano at our house, and I used to love to play the baby grand piano, 1920s, beautiful, from the East Coast, a performing piano, and I was learning, taking classical lessons, and I came home one day, and it was gone. It was gone. And I said to my wife, I said, what happened to the, to the piano? She said, well, there were some missionaries, and I gave it to the missionaries. I said, but, but that, that was my piano. I gave it to the missionaries. And I settled it in my heart that the baby grand piano, which I have missed ever since... <laughs> And I'm not bitter about it. I'm not bitter about it. I'm not, I'm not bitter, friends. 
But the baby grand piano wasn't just for me, but it was for someone else. Come on, who knows what I'm talking about? But you live your life thinking, it's all for me. All the gold, all the silver, the jacket, it's all for me here. And so, so I want to notice, I want you to notice here, back to Jericho, I want you to notice this. It says, they crush Jericho. Would anybody in the house be confident? You're kidding me. Would anybody in the house be confident? Yes. Thank you. So you'd be confident. I would be rolling in confidence. And so they're looking at Ai and thinking like, this is an easy win. This is like nobody, nothing, podunk, wimpy, dinky Ai. We're going to crush them. And so does Joshua stop to pray? No. Does he stop to consult the Almighty? No. I'm sure the commander of the Lord that gave him the plan there and uh, earlier in Joshua, told him what to do in Jericho, is thinking in his astonishment, I can't believe that Joshua's not consulting me, doesn't know the first thing about AI, doesn't know about my plan whatsoever, no evidence whatsoever of asking God in prayer. So he's looking at it like we tend to look at things in our own strength. It's little, it's dinky. I got God, Jericho, I needed you. You were awesome. You crushed it. That you were big, God. But this is AI. I've got this one. I've got this, God. And so that's how we are. And, uh, and we're most vulnerable to defeat after great victories. And so in your own strength, in your own ability, in your own uh, history of victory, you say, God, I can do this alone. And so are we prone then, here's my question to you, is where are you prone to leave God out of those little AI-type decisions? Because you are. Oh, I trust God in the big Jericho things of life. But what about AI? That's the defeat, and that's the lesson that we're trying to learn here. And so we see Joshua. What does Joshua do? He gets to spy's ideas. He goes, yeah, yeah, right on. Yeah. We only need to get two, two, three thousand. That's all the soldiers that we need. And yeah, you're, that's right. We're going to go with your idea. You know, it's like, uh, subtly, it's like, I don't need the Almighty's idea. I'm going to go with your idea. And who would do this? Among us this morning, who would do this? I would do this. In fact, I'm a pro at doing this. And I'm very vulnerable, victory after victory. I'm like, yeah, you, you got this, Rod Collins. And I'm like, I've got this, God. Like, I'm good. I don't need your help on this. This is AI. You know, you're there for Jericho, but this is AI. So I want to tell you a story about this one time that happened to me. And I'm going to illustrate it. I'm going to illustrate it this way. I have got in my hand two surgical extraction forceps, very two ones that uh, uh, the story comes from Uganda, because I was going there. In an Addis Ababa, Ethiopia, I was on a team, and I had about 75 instruments like this that never made it out of Addis Ababa, Ethiopia. They were in a case that Corey Ten Boone used to travel with. I was upset more than I can express. I'm showing up in Africa. I have at least 2,000 people that I personally responsible for treating that would walk up to 20 miles to come to the clinic to see me. And so I'm devastated. I'm, I'm, I'm upset. And then we get to Nairobi, Kenya, and over breakfast, I was given a 150 and a 151 maxillary and mandibular universal forcep. 
holding in my hands, and I'm thinking, I think I can do this. This is like my AI. So God, I think I can do this. The demon's like, hey, Rod, like we prayed, and when we prayed, we, heard, we thought we heard God's voice. If we'll just be instruments, God will provide all the instruments that we will need. And I thought, yeah, that's stinking easy for you to say because you're not the person responsible to take out 2,000 teeth. I am. So I was like, oh, yeah, that's really cute. He's trying to be nice. Like, that's really cute. And I thought, that idea stinks. I'm going with AI. So uh, a couple days into it, I'm getting the snot beat out of me in the jungles, trying to take out all these most difficult surgical extractions. And I'm thinking to myself, man, this is not working. And so I, I asked the team, I said, what, did you, what were you guys talking about, about that thing about instruments and all? If we would be instruments, God will provide all the instruments that you would, you, we would need. In fact, they want to talk to you over at Mango, Mango Hospital. I'm like, I think I can make that happen. So I pushed my way through about 100 people. I can remember like it was yesterday. And there was a clinic about the size of this room. And I pushed the door open, unannounced. And I said, excuse me. Excuse me, my name is Rod Collins from America. Dr. Collins, we've heard all about you. I thought, heard who, what, what? He says, in fact, we're le- I'm leaving the, only, uh, the biggest clinic in all of Uganda. I'm leaving tomorrow. This is after we prayed. I'm leaving tomorrow, and in fact, could you run the clinic for me, and you can have anything that you want. And I remember looking around and thinking, I need everything that is here. Not only did I have access to the biggest, most extensive surgical supplies in all of the nation, I went from my AI, after prayer, we'd be instruments, to all of the clinic, and then I was running the clinic the next day. And I was in the jungle, and I thought, even with all the instruments, I can't do this one, and I can't do that, but I'll see you over at Mango Hospital, and we'll take care of you there. And so see how God, God provided here, but my question to you is, what is your AI? Watch, an AI is something you're very confident in, something you've done before, something you're good at. Like, I know how to do this. And so, uh, but what is your AI? AI is a place of prayerlessness. AI is a place of overconfidence. So God was saying to the children of Israel, by now you ought to know that you got to pray before the battle here. you got to pray before you launch out you got to pray before you make decisions. You're not smart enough to deal with AI. And that's the problem, friends, that we think that we are. And so I want to ask Josh, hey, Jay, like, Jay, like, like, when did you decide just to go with the spies and not to go with the Lord? So Joshua 7, the whole attack of AI, it's just based on the spies who don't know what in the stink they're talking about. So they attack AI not based on the advice of the Almighty, but on some spies here. God says, Joshua, man, you won there, but to defeat AI, you got you to come to me here. So all that to say this, success. Think about your private success. Success can create the illusion and the delusion that I can be self-sufficient and keep winning the battles of life on my own apart from God, because there are the small battles here. And Joshua thought, I won at, jo- I won at Jericho, I'm a, on a roll, and I can win at little Ai. And the danger, friends, 
the danger of success that it creates this delusion of self-sufficiency, that I am enough. So that is why every time you have a victory, you need to pause and pray and thank God and remind yourself that it is God, Nehemiah says, Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 20, the God of heaven is the one that gives us success. So let me ask you a question. Where is your AI? Where are you good? Where are you really good? Where are you confident and you're so good that you don't need God? Where is your AI here? What's an area of your life that perhaps you're good, like you're mastering that so well that you don't think about inviting God into the process? Well, you're so good at it that you don't really need God's help anymore like they did at AI. Essential life Lesson number two, not only do you affect everybody, but prayer changes everything. Prayer, then you need to prioritize prayer. The Bible puts it this way. Pray about everything, and everything by prayer and thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Pray about it. Pray before you go to Ai. Like you got it down to pray uh, the other place, but pray before Ai. Say, not after you lose the battle and you're defeated and devastated and demoralized because you didn't pray. And so this is what it should have looked like for Joshua. Joshua should have called the children of Israel. And it's easy for me to say this, kind of commenting on him. But Joshua said, hey, let's get together. And we're going to thank the Lord for the miraculous work of Jericho. But we're not going to presume anything. We're going to ask for God's wisdom God's way, God's strength, God's timing, God's insight, trust in him, and we're going to go with God's plan, and not the plan of some lame old spies that were checking out AI. We're going to prioritize prayer, even in the small things, every step of the way. We're going to pray, not when it's disaster, but to the delight of the Lord at the beginning of the journey. And so, had they prayed... Think about the implications. Had they prayed, 36 funerals would not have happened. Had they prayed, 36 widows were not sitting at the dinner table by themselves. Had they prayed, 36 families are not going fatherless. Had they prayed, they would not have been in oceans of grief. 36 families. You see, what you do affects other people. In chapter 8, what we're going to see now, took the scenic route to get there, but chapter 8, that was funny. I don't care what you think. That was funny. You're not appreciating my humor this morning. So chapter 8, gives, God gives the children of Israel what? Gives them a rematch. For the golfers out there, gives them a mulligan. Gives them a do-over. An AI 2.0. And what this shows us is that, watch, God doesn't hold any grudges. God is not a God who holds grudges. God doesn't look at your AI and the lame things and stupid things that we do here and say, that's it for you. You're done. I'm I'm going with somebody else. No. God says, I'm going to give you another crack at AI. Last time you did it on your own terms. You did it your way, the wrong way. You never checked in with me. You never sought me. But now I'm going to give you another chance. The God of the second chance, the God of the divine do-over, 
which is really, friends, a sign of God's still amazing grace. Thank you for the amen. Thank you, Dave. And so it shows us what God is like. It shows us that God doesn't hold grudges. That God doesn't hold your past against you. God doesn't hold your failures against you. God doesn't hold your old story against you. As far as east is from west, he casts our sins from us. So God will give you another crack, another try, another spiritual mulligan, if you will. And, uh, but this time, you don't just plunge forward, but you prioritize prayer here. So essential life lesson, your life affects other people. Prioritize prayer. But thirdly, here we see that every failure isn't forever. Every failure isn't forever. You see, God comes to Joshua, watch this, and there are people, you need to hear what I'm about to say. You need to hear these words. As God came to Joshua, and he would come to us this morning, your failure does not stop my plans for your future. Your failure doesn't stop my plans for your future. Failure is not the end of your story. Failure is not final. Because God is a God of a second chance. And now we continue our journey into Joshua chapter 8. Then the Lord said to Joshua, what? Now God's speaking again. Everything has changed. Do not be afraid or discouraged. We've heard that before. Take all your fighting men and attack Ai. For I've given you the king of Ai, his people, his town, and his land. So now there's a rematch, a do-over battle 2.0 with Ai. And so now it's detail after detail after exquisite, intricate detail, more than any other battle, more than any other place in the entire book of Joshua. And what is that all about? Well, at Jericho, you didn't follow my plan. Now I'm going to give you a very detailed plan. And Joshua, make sure you follow the plan to the T. Obey me to the T, and you'll get victory there. So I want you to ambush them, Joshua. Hold out your spear until the very last one is dead. 12,000 warriors, hold out that spear until the very last one is dead. So God gets down in the weeds here. The children of Israel you know, are wanting to know, uh, man, are, are we, we going to follow God's plan here? Are we going to do Joshua's thing this time here? In fact, when they learned the plan, I bet they were thinking, well, that plan doesn't make any sense. Why, why don't we, like Jericho really worked amazing. And uh, we love Jericho, that going around, you know, six times. And then like seventh time on the seventh day, like shouting. And that was awesome. Why can't we do that at AI? And isn't that how we think? Well, God, you know, my other church, my other church, this is how we did it. Come on, somebody, you've heard, maybe you've heard that. I've heard that more than once. I could retire if I got a dollar for every time I've heard that. But anyway, so you hear, hey, at this other place, in the past, friends, this is God. The plan is radically different, battle plan, from the previous plan. Yet we put God in a box. I think God worked this way at that time. Now God's going to do the same thing. No, God changes the battle plan. God's got a new strategy. So God tells Joshua, 
We're not doing the 3,000 thing now. Now we're doing the 30,000 plan. Josh's like, yeah, I'm all about that. And I want you to hide. Hide in ambush behind the town, but be ready for action. So I'm going to tell you in verse 5 there. And when the main, the main army attacks, the men of Ai will come out and fight as though they did before. And, we'll, and what you're to do, you're going to run away. You're going to be faking it. You're going to put on a show, and they're going to bite on the bait, and they're going to follow you, and this is my plan. Totally different than the other plan here. Watch. Watch this. Watch. So they come out, watch, full gear, full speed ahead, come out, and, and so what's happening is that they're going to be chased in full confidence. They're going to whip their rear again like they did last time. Uh, and so at AI, verse 6, we're going to let them chase us till we've drawn them away from the town. But they will say, the Israelites are running away from us as they did before. Then while, they're running, while we are running away from them, you jump up. Well, this is what happened. 5,000 peel off and go up on kind of the side country there, a big ravine. They're hidden. They can't be seen. They're right behind Ai. They're, gonna, they're told Bethel and Ai. They're back here. Then here's Ai. Jericho's over here. So 25,000 are marching up toward Ai, and all the, in, a, in an area where they could be seen there, the morning, uh, morning comes, and they look and they see the troops. And they're all amped up because they beat them before. And they're like, yeah, let's go get them. So they take off after them. And so all the children of Israel are taking off. It's all mockery. It's all phony, all fake. Come on, guys, this is fun, isn't it? And so <laughs> Ai is hot after their trail. So while they're chasing them, 5,000, okay, in ambush, come from behind. There's no one, there's no soldiers there. They light the place on fire, okay? All the soldiers of Ai are like, what in the heck? What's going, and it's smoke and inferno of fire there. Like, what's happening? So they turn around and take off back for Ai. This is God's strategy, God's battle plan, okay? And what happens is 25,000 behind them, 5,000 in front of them, they're toast. They're done. 12,000. All God's plan, how the children of Israel, his ways, Jericho were higher than our ways. The Red Sea were higher. The Jordan River were higher. And that Ai are higher than our ways. God, that's a pretty wild plan. But they did God's plan, God's way, and they won, and they took Ai. So the question, the question is this. They had to, at some point, bend their will. Think of it. 30,000 soldiers, what in the heck is this plan? It makes no sense. They had to bend their will toward God's will in the journey. And my question is, where do you need to bend your will toward God's will? That doesn't make sense, Lord. I don't know about that plan. I'll do it my way. I've got it. This is AI. Bend your will toward his will. So the Christian life can be boiled down to this, is where are you needing to obey? The Christian life is hear God's voice, do what he says. 
That's it. That's what they did. Hear God's voice? That's the plan. Yep. Do what he says, not just at Jericho, but at Ai, and you will win. And so this was their focus. This was their story. And their failure at Ai did not define them. Your failures do not need to define you, but they would have victory when they did it God's way, God's will, in God's time. Every failure, friends, isn't forever. And so this is the word of the Lord from Joshua chapter 7 and 8. Three life lessons that could transform your life. Number one, recognize this. Recognize that you don't do life alone, that your life affects other lives. Number two, prioritize in the small things of life. The AI, I got this guy. No, no, I need God's wisdom. If any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives freely to all and will not withhold it, but you have to ask for wisdom at AI, not just Jericho. The small things and the big things. And lastly, your failures don't define you. For by grace, you're saved. For by grace, you have a new beginning. His grace is still amazing, and his grace is with you today. He is the God of the divine do-over. The God of the second chance, the God of the restart, that's who he is. And that screams from the pages of a little town called Ai. There it is. Stand to your feet. The Father, thank you. We give thanks to the Lord for your good and your mercies endure forever. We thank you, Lord, for your word, a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. We give thanks for that which doesn't return void but accomplishes the purpose whereunto it was sent here this morning in Cala Mesa, California. Lord, I pray your blessing over it, over us. Help us to be hearers of the word and doers also. And this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.